Bible, please open it to Matthew chapter 7. We're going to be looking at verses 13 and 14. Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. All of us here uh, are on a life journey somewhere. Some type of journey. Trying to reach some, some final destination. And all people are on a journey through life trying to find their, their place of happiness, their place of peace, their place of purpose, their place of acceptance. Have you reached yours yet? Have you found that happy place yet? Has your journey come to its end? The answer is no. It is no because when you look at your life, when you look at people in the world, all of us are really maze runners, running through a maze of life, desperately trying to find things that life ain't ever going to give us. We're trying to find a peace that we can't find, a happiness that we can't find, a, a purpose that we can't find, an acceptance that we can't find. And so we, we run through the maze of life, in and around corners, trying to find that one thing that's going to deliver what we truly want. That's what we run for. That's what we're looking for. And my question to you is, are you tired of being a maze runner? Are you tired of running through the maze of life, trying to find your happy place? Are you tired yet? Are you tired yet? Because the reality is that you ain't ever going to find that place. You ain't ever going to get out of that maze. You have to be set free from it. Do you want to be set free? And the only way that, that you can be set free is that you have to be in faith, come to faith in Christ. It's what I call the way of faith in Christ. Matthew 7, beginning in verse 13. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and, and easy. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. This is God's word. Please pray with and for me. Lord Jesus, I pray that as we come to the preaching of the word, that you will be glorified in it that you will be glorified in it, that you receive all the praise and all the honor for it. And Lord, you know where we are. You know where our heart is, Lord. You know where my heart is. And sometimes it's far away from you. And so I pray that the Holy Spirit will come and, and that he will draw us back to the fountain, back to the one who would never disappoint, back to the one who is our happy place, and that is Jesus. And will always be Jesus. And Lord, I pray for this in your son's name. Amen. The way of faith it has to be exclusively embraced. And I know he said, what do you mean by that? Verses 13 and 14 in Matthew 7 tells you what I mean by the way of faith must be exclusively embraced. He says, enter by the narrow gate. The narrow gate. 
This is an exhortation to you to enter through a gate that is restricted, that is tight, that is exclusive, as opposed to the other gate that is wide and easy. You enter through the narrow gate in order to find life. He says the gate is wide and easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter through it are many. For the gate is narrow and, 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 and hold up, I lost my spot. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. These two gates are two different journeys of life. Two different journeys that lead to certain final destinations. So the question for you, if you've been coming to this church, or if this is your first time coming to the church, is which journey are you on? Which gate are you entering into in your life? Which road are you on? Because they lead to different destinations in this life. We need to enter through the narrow gate. The narrow gate. This gate is referring to a gateway, an entrance into a certain state, into a certain life. It sets you on a journey. The wide gate and the the wide and easy gate leads to the destruction as opposed to the one that leads to life. Destruction is talking about final judgment. The judgment that that is to come. And Proverbs 14, 12 says, There is a way that seems right to man, but his end and his way is death. If you look at our world, if you look at the world in which we live, there are many people, many people living their life the way they want to live their life. Living their life because they think this is the way I should live. But what they don't see and what they are blind to is often that this way of life leads to a destination they probably don't realize is death. And Jesus says, this gate is wide. This gate is spacious. There's room for a whole lot of people on it. And some of us think it is the right way, but it's not the right way. This way is is this the things that we live and give ourselves to. What it is that we live for. Worldliness, other world religions, self-righteousness, any things that we think that that is going to make us happy, make us who we want to be. This is our way of life. What journey are you on? What it is that you want out of life. You know your heart. You know what you live for. I know what I live for. Are you stuck in the maze? A spacious maze with other people. Traveling on a journey that's going to end in destruction and judgment. Matthew 16, Jesus asked the question, For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and yet forfeits? His very soul. What profit it if you gain the whole world, if people got everything they want, and yet in the very end you lose your very life? The people on the wide road, the people in the in the wide gates, they're they're on this gate trying to get all they can get out of this life. That is, if it's, this life is all there has to offer, but there's more available to you. More available to you than just the American dream, than just getting all the stuff that you can get, and just being successful. There's more available to you than just going to college and getting that nice job and getting that nice house. There's more available to you. Because those things, great as they may be, they will never give you peace. 
They will never give you happiness. They will never give you rest. Because when you get that one thing, guess what? Your heart's going to want something else. Well, it's going to get tired of that. Just like iPhones have to constantly update each year, your need for other things have to update every year. Every year, I've got to have more. I've got to have more. I've got to have the next gadget in order to be happy. The next thing to find peace. You're on the wide road. You're in the maze of life trying to find what you ain't ever going to find. Our hearts were created for God. Anything else will never do. Your heart was created for Jesus. Anything else you put in there ain't ever going to fill it up. Ever fill it up. You lose your life trying to get on the narrow, the, the wide way, the ride, the gate. How do you get out? How do you get off the, the, this road of destruction? You have to exclusively embrace the way of faith in Jesus. That is the only way. And the reason why I say exclusively because it's Jesus plus nothing else. It ain't Jesus plus my stuff. It ain't Jesus plus my career. It ain't Jesus plus my house. It ain't Jesus plus my social status. It ain't Jesus plus my education. It's Jesus, period. It's what gets you off this road and put you on the narrow road. And the question is, are you willing to give it up? Are you willing to give it up? Because what you don't realize, the craving in your soul is longing to be back with the Father back in the Garden of Eden. That's what that longing is. That's, we all feel it. We all feel it, that, that something's missing. That I, something that is just not right. I, I, no matter what I do, I can't find peace. I can't sit still. And what that is, that's your heart saying, you still haven't found that one place that's going to give it to you. And that is Jesus. That is Jesus. That's why you can't ever have enough stuff. That's why no matter how much you attain or how successful you will be, at the end of the day you feel like, I'm still not satisfied. I'm still not happy. Because you haven't found the Lord yet. Because you haven't found Jesus yet. There, are, there is only one way that people can be set free. There's only one way that we can be, have freedom from our sin. And that is through a relationship with Jesus. That is through faith in Jesus. No matter what you do, you ain't ever going to erase that. It still will always be in Christ. As Peter says in Acts 4, there is no salvation in no one else. There is salvation in no one else. For there is only one name under heaven given by which man must be saved. And that is Jesus. But do you believe that? Do you believe that? And so ask yourself, if you don't know Christ today, ask yourself, what, all the things you're giving yourself to, are you happy? Have you finally found what you're looking for? As Dr. Phil would say, how's that working out for you? Have you found it yet? Have you found what you're searching for? Has it delivered what it promises to, to deliver you? Do you have that happiness? Do you have that peace? Do you have that acceptance? Do you have it yet? Or are you still running through the maze 
in and out of corners trying to find it. I'm here to tell you, you can stop running. I'm here to tell you what you need is right here in God's word. What I'm telling you, you can finally be set free from all the things you're giving your life to that is not delivering the goods. The question is, will you come to the narrow gate, the way of faith that is in Christ alone? That is in Christ alone. Jesus himself says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And this, this is Jesus' words. He said, well, man, Jesus is kind of arrogant. No, he's just Jesus. He's just Jesus. He's just telling you like this. You want to be saved? It's through me. You want peace? It's through me. You want to get to heaven? It's through me. You want acceptance? It's through me. Period. He is the greatest MC of all time. And it's Jesus. He's either telling you the truth or he's telling you a lie. And Jesus is no liar. He is the only way in which you can have the peace that you're searching for. And you have to exclusively embrace him in faith. And what I mean by faith, it means you, at the song we sang at the beginning of the service, it says, I surrender all. That is you coming to Jesus and saying, I surrender all to you down to the shoes that are on my feet. I surrender it to you. I surrender to you. I trust in you. I depend upon you. I rest in you alone for salvation. And this is the part of our faith that the world will always hate. Because we say the only way they can be made right with God is through Jesus. And the world does not like that. Because there has to be many ways to God, right? It can't just be one way. It can't just be a narrow gate. Why can't the gate just be wide? Why does it have to be through Jesus? Because that's how the Father wants it. He is God and we are not. The Word of God, the Bible, is the very Word of God. And we have to realize that if people don't know Jesus, they go to hell when they die. Think about that. If people don't know Jesus, where do they go when they die? There is no in-between state. There is no do-overs. People go to heaven through saving faith in Jesus. That is how they are made right. God is not grave on the curve. It's either through Jesus. Jesus is life. Through faith in him. Now this gate and the way that is narrow is that you is that you, when you come to it, you have to come to Jesus as lordship as well as his saviorship. That is, I surrender to you in faith, but I'm also going to sit on your lordship too. That means everything about me dies. Self dies. Self dies at the cross that it may be resurrected in Jesus. If anyone would come out to me, Jesus says, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Whoever will save his life will lose it. And for whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Are you willing to lose your life so that you may find it? That is the question. Are you willing to lose your life so that you may find it? It's so easy to, to in our culture, to just come to church because that's what good Southern folk do. We go to work on Monday through Friday. We go to college football game on Saturday. Then if your team wins, you come to church on Sunday. 
And so, see, I'm here. I got my red shirt on. But do you know him? My friend Mark Stearns told when I first met him, he said he went through a time in his life when, when he was just doing all these wonderful things for Jesus, doing all these great works for Jesus. And he got to a point where he was burning out. He said to the Lord, he says, all I do is work for you. I don't know you. All I do is work for you. I don't know you. You see, the faith that is exclusively embraced is also relational. Like, it's a relationship with Jesus. That is what it means. The same type of relationship you have with your spouse or your child is the same type of relationship you have with Christ. It's a, it's a one a relationship where you spend time with him, where you commune with him. When was the last time you communed with Jesus? And so in, in, in Christianity, it's not about just you following a whole bunch of rules. It's you being in a relationship with someone who is greater than you. Or someone who gave up his privileges in heaven and came down here to be with you. Remember, it's a relationship between unequals. He left glory. He left the riches of heaven to come down here with sinful man to be found in the image of man because he loved you that much. I would do it for them. Not only would I come down here, I'm going to die for them. And y'all have heard me say this before. Jesus didn't die for friends. He died for enemies. He did not die for his friends. He died for the people who said crucify him. That's the power of the gospel. The power of Christianity. What other religion says that the deity is going to die for his enemies? (laughs) Yet alone his friends. Only Christianity says that. And that's what makes Christianity so powerful. That is what the unbelieving world doesn't understand about it because they don't realize that they're lost in sin. And because of that, God came down and said, I'm going to die for the sins of those who don't like me. I'm going to pay the price for it so they can be made right. That is the gospel. And I should be having some amens. Thank you, brother. Is the gospel beautiful or is it just another story? Is it just another story? If the gospel doesn't move you, even if you've been a believer for 30 years, then that, that's sad. You need to go repent to Jesus because the gospel should still move you. you should, it should still move you. You should still be in awe, man. After all these years, he still loves me. After all these years, no matter the wretch that I am, he still sees the depth of my sin and he still loves me the same. The gospel should still move you. And if it doesn't move you, then you need to go do business with Jesus and say, I don't really love you as much as I claim to do. Does it still move you? Do you still, do you love Jesus? Are you in a relationship with Jesus? Or are you just here to look good? Where is your heart today? Jesus wants to know you. He wants to know you. He says in verse 27, verse 21, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. With Jesus' words, Jesus is speaking directly to the church. He's talking to you, to me, to church folk. He's talking to you and to me. You see, we know that we get into heaven through Jesus alone. 
But what is the will of the Father referring to? What is the will of the Father? What is it? What is his will? His will is for you to consistently know Jesus, to be in relationship with him, to commune with him. We're taking communion next week. And I hope all of you will pray about that. Because God uses that communion time to to strengthen his people, to strengthen his church. In Jesus' name, what does it mean to be in Jesus? It means you are in union with him. That's what it means. When you come to faith in Christ, you are adopted into God's kingdom. And you and Jesus, you, you, become, you are in Christ. You are one with him. You are in communion with him. Whether or not you live it, but that's what it is spiritually in reality of your life. That you're no longer outside the camp. You're within the camp. And what Jesus does for you, when you come to faith in him, he gives you a spiritual stamp of approval. Bam. Bam. And it's covered in his blood. And so that means you no longer have to live your life trying to earn God's favor. You no longer have to live your life trying to earn God's approval. You no longer have to live your life trying to find peace in the maze of life. What Jesus says, I have given it to you freely. But do you believe it? All the peace, all the acceptance, all the happiness, all the rest that you need is wrapped up in who Jesus is for you. Today, you can have that. But you've got to come to him in faith to get it. Doesn't mean your life's going to be easy. Doesn't mean you're going to have all, everything's going to be taken away. But what you do have is a stamp of approval that won't ever be taken away. No matter what you go through, you still have that stamp of approval. That child is mine. That baby is mine. That guy is mine. They are mine, mine, mine. There's nothing the enemy can do to take away that stamp of approval. Do you have that stamp of approval? Jesus offers it to you free of charge. All you got to do is surrender. All you got to do is surrender. At the end of the day, whose record are you standing on? To make you right with God. Whose record? Because it's either going to be Jesus' record or your record. When you stand before the Father, who do you, whose record are you standing on? We all have a record. We all, well, I went here. I did this. I got these many people saved. I teach Sunday school. I'm at church early. I'm in a small group. I go to Bible study. I do this. I do this. I do that. I do this. Look at me, Jesus. Look at my record. This is my work. These are all the things that I've done. And some of us take that to God and say, now love me. Now accept me. Now give me my blessing because I've done that. And the God that says, those things don't make you right with me. Those things are still stained with your sin. And so if you want to be made right with me, you need to get off your record and get on his record. Jesus' record. Perfect record. Perfect. Sinless. Did everything right. Everything that we couldn't do, he did. But that's what you need to do. I don't know if you've seen those, um, those uh, commercials where they have, they, they folks get their cell phone bills and they, and they realize they're paying too much so they get a chainsaw and cut it. So that's what you need to do to your record. You need to get a chainsaw to it, cut it up, and go stand on Jesus' work and say, you know what, that's where I need to be. Because your record ain't ever going to get you right with God. Your record ain't ever going to get you to heaven. There's only one, that is Jesus. And the question is, will you come? 
and stand on his record today. Today. It's a relationship with Jesus where he takes away your sin. Do you know what it means when when you come to faith in Jesus? He takes away the guilt of your sin. He takes away the shame. Do you want forgiveness? Do you want reconciliation? Do you want peace? Think about that's what Jesus did. He says, I'm dying for all your sins, your past, your present, your future sins. You get all of these things on the narrow gate. You see, all these things come to you. All have been nailed to the cross. Think about that. To know that you're forgiven. Let it rest on your soul. Do you want eternal forgiveness for all the things you've ever done? That is what Jesus offers you. And when he forgives you, he doesn't hold it over your head. He doesn't say, you remember the time you did that? No, he doesn't do that. That's what we do to each other. Jesus says, you're forgiven. Jesus died for the sins you currently struggle with. He died for those sins. And you don't have to live in guilt. You don't have to get up on a cross with him. He already paid it all. Again, will you come? If you, if you have come, if you already have faith in Jesus, let this be water to your soul to know that, that, that he loves you still. The same that he loved you when you first believed. That same love, that same grace will forever be over your life. No matter what you go through, no matter what the enemy does to you, Jesus will always have your back. He does not turn his back on his own. If you have faith in him, you're his. You belong to him. He's going to be in your corner forever. And we have to believe that. So he takes away our guilt. He takes away our shame. So we do not have to bear our sin anymore. John 6, 40 says, For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. John 6, 29, And this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. That you believe in him and whom he has sent. That is the way of faith. It's exclusively embraced and it's relational. Now, I've never done this at the Village Church, but if you feel the need to talk to me, if you feel that you never have made that decision for Christ, and you feel the need to do that today, please see me after the service. Because I'm passionate about this. You cannot have the peace that you're looking for. You will only get it in Jesus. Even for our little kids, even for my kids, even our babies, I say the same thing to my kids. If you want peace, you want rest, it will only be found in Jesus. And he will not let you down. Let us pray. Father, I thank you that in Christ, Father, we can have true peace, true rest. That we can stop running through the maze of life trying to find things that we're never going to find. This life can never deliver what we need. Our hearts were created to know you, and they will remain restless until they find you. They will remain restless until they find you. And so my prayer is for anyone here who doesn't know you, that you will be moving in them. And I pray for those who know you, that you will encourage them and remind them that you are still able to deliver them for whatever they're going through. And you are forever in their corner. 
I pray for all this in your son's wonderful name. Amen.